Hey guys, hope you're all doing well. Stephen Scullion here, podcasting my journey from now to the Tokyo 2020, hopefully Olympic marathon. Um, sorry, it's been a, a few days. There's not really, not that there's been anything really going on. It's just it's it's kind of a bit different with the time zone. So usually I would have jumped on a podcast in the morning, released it that afternoon and then you guys sort of would have picked it up that day whereas obviously here in America sometimes I think about doing a podcast and then I realize everyone's going to be sleeping but I suppose it would still release the next day and you could listen to it that morning but look yeah <clears throat> not really a lot happening here it's funny I just clear my throat like that that is something I guess that's happened I am um, I seem to get this like nasal drip quite a lot um and so I'm I'm constantly and I'm sure other people get this too, um and so I'm constantly clearing my throat. Um I don't even know how many times I do it a day. I used to train with Scott Overall and one day he just mentioned it to me and I was like shit, you know, I didn't even know that I did that. Um but there you go. Um so no I, I actually bought a... it's just a when I seen the doctor back in Belfast by sports doctor at the Sports Institute I met up with them and, and one of the things we were going to talk about was that I had pretty much three sinus infections in the build up to Houston. And it's not that the sinus infections, if if you were to look at my training diary, it still looks fairly consistent and fairly good. But I mean, some days the sinus infection really knocked me out. I remember doing a 21 mile run in Phoenix, Arizona. It was middle of November. I finished this run. I probably ran a bit too quick. I mean, I woke up that morning. My resting heart rate was pretty high. I was coughing heaps of phlegm, big chunks of green mucus. But I was just, I, I read in Ryan Hall's book that even when he rests for like, let's say two weeks or trains for two weeks, the green mucus still sticks around for two weeks. Um, so off I went and I did this 21 miler. And I remember we had to drive back to Flagstaff that day. And I remember just thinking, oh, fuck, like kind of regret doing that now. Um, and my body was so sore um, for all the rest of that day. But I mean, a couple of days later, the sinus infection started sort of clearing and maybe the green mucus went away, for example. But three times is a lot. I I travel quite a bit, the long hauls. I I've asthma, so maybe it's the altitude, maybe it's the dry climate. I blamed, um, I went through a phase of traveling up and down quite a lot. So I would go down to Phoenix, which is sea level, do a session, stay over, and then travel back the next day, or go down to Phoenix, stay over, do a tempo the next morning, travel back that day, etc., etc. And so I I thought maybe it was too much driving, maybe it was going from a non-altitude climate in Phoenix to altitude climate in Flagstaff and and really I just wasn't sure but it was a big it was a big thing that I wanted to discuss with the doctor because it was like look if <clears throat> if I could go 12 weeks nail my marathon training and not get these sinus infections well maybe that would be like a huge sort of performance gain um and and of course, remember I talked to you guys a bit about the nutrition aspect and maybe I could improve my nutrition. But actually, I, I think 
the sinuses, the clearing of my throat. I think it's all linked. So I bought um it happened to be on an advert on TV and it was it's called nasal navage irrigation and it was 70 quid so it's not cheap and you can actually do it yourself i'm sure everybody has done nasal rinsing so you cup the bottom of your hand you put in if you make up a cup of slightly warm water with salt maybe like a couple of pinches of salt and stir it and then you cup the bottom of your hand pour some water in sniff the water up one side of your nose and out the other it is disgusting but supposedly that's really good at the first sign of maybe a bit of a cold or a um, bit of a nose problem etc etc you're supposed to do that so I'm going to do it twice a day Um, it costs about I want to say 30p 30 pence for one of these little salt pods so that'll be 60 pence a day which if it means that I don't get um sinus infections that would be a really cool thing and if it you guys actually might notice as i'm talking more and more on the podcast that i stop clearing my throat maybe as much um it's the kind of thing sometimes i don't even notice myself doing but yeah maybe that's something that you guys will pick up on so i've I've been doing it for about three days i had it on my instagram the other day a couple of people messaged and and yeah like that's that's pretty much what that is i'm all about like i love the whole dave brailsford marginal gains you know, you finish a marathon, a lot of people just assume the next step is to train harder. But I honestly think, even though I do plan to train a little bit harder, that's just one of, let's say, five things that I'm going to put in place. I'm going to eat better and look after my nose a bit better with this um, sinus rinsing device so that might get rid of the sinus infections. I hopefully won't go the wrong way in the next marathon. The strength, the rehab, the activation, nailing that far more than ever before to try and make sure I don't get the hamstring problems and then slightly more mileage. And so that's five things that it will never guarantee that in the next marathon you're going to run a PB or you're going to feel better than the previous one. But it gives you the best possible chance, in my opinion. I think it gives you a really good chance of having a more successful day than your previous best day. Of course, you need things like weather and course and and other factors to play a role. But I don't think I've had particularly great weather for my marathons. Obviously, London and Houston are both very fast courses. So I can't really, unless I went to Berlin or Frankfurt, it's going to be very difficult to find a faster course. But look, there's always plenty of things to work on. Um, so look the strength stuff's going good my my legs are I was really tired today I don't think I had enough yesterday so I I told you guys about being 155 pounds a week ago maybe I think I was 150 pounds this morning and it's not that I've lost that much weight I was just slightly probably dehydrated maybe a bit malnourished yesterday after the the first long run back and and I felt like a literally a bag of shit this morning I was just struggling and like we were only running like 630 pace and and I was running along just thinking oh and then I finished and it's like my my belly was grumbling and I was just really hungry so we went to Cracker Barrel on the way home I had three Dr. Peppers uh grandma sampler it's called which you get bacon you get um scrambled eggs you get pancakes you get what's called biscuits in America and we slap a load of butter and jam on them but basically look it was 
the Dr. Pepper, quick sugar, I'd felt bad that morning. I, I love Dr. Pepper, but look, that's a good time to have it. I don't drink soda all the time. Um, and then obviously the, the decent breakfast. So sometimes there you go. Like you can, a lot of people blame feeling shitty on a run to fitness where actually I know there's nothing wrong with my fitness. So I know it's maybe just malnourishment. Maybe it's the the gym stuff slightly catching up with me, doing a bit bit of a heavier load in the gym, a bit more rehab, etc., etc. So I'm just having an Epsom bath right now, and then I'm gonna roll because I can feel my lateral quads getting a bit tight, and I I don't want to start getting knee issues or it, that's the thing with gym stuff. If you're adding it in, tread carefully because you can end up picking up a problem somewhere else because of the increased load and stress going through muscles that perhaps haven't sort of done that in a while. Um, so everyone should know where they get tightnesses and then just manage those tightnesses. I bought myself a fancy foam roller thinking that, you know, bought myself this fancy foam roller, maybe I'll use it more. And I did for about a month, but I probably haven't used the thing in three weeks. And that's a bit embarrassing, really. So there you go. Today was my first double run in a while. I did eight miles this morning. Like I told you, I felt really shitty. And then I did five miles tonight. And I, I actually felt far better. The same emotions are going on. I kind of wanted to do seven or eight. I, Not because, like, I, I wanted to do seven or eight because I can't sort of wait to get stuck into trying to run 110 or 120 mile a week. It would have been tough to do seven or eight. It's not like I was super motivated thinking this will be easy. It would have been tough. But I'm kind of just thinking, you know, maybe it's about time that I, I start cracking on. And, and maybe the next time I stand in the start line of a marathon, I'm thinking, you know, I, I've prepared just as much as everybody else. I've, I've ran 120 mile a week. And I know a lot of people do that already that I race against. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I woke up. Sunday morning maybe six o'clock in the morning and just had this Scott overall and me were talking the other day and he said it's funny that I give advice on the podcast that people should do what they want to do you should pick what races you want to do you shouldn't let other people dictate what you're doing and and then it's funny that in the next few months I'm kind of I don't know, am, am I doing what feels like the right thing to do or am I? should I be doing what I want to do? And I've told you guys a couple of times I, I really want to do London Marathon. I'm not sure, <clears throat> just now, I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing. It's not like I've, I think the way it might be left is if a slot in the elite field in London Marathon opens up, then I wouldn't say no to it. So perhaps part of my training over the next lot of weeks will have some type of marathon type feel to it just in case a slot opens up I don't want to force a marathon like there's talk about Hamburg being a good marathon but I would probably no rather do Hamburg than I would want to just do a 10k in June I find it really difficult to really get motivated about a 10k in June but if I got an email from London Marathon tomorrow or if my agent has it, I would be so pumped. Um, and it's such a big it's such a big driving force in your motivation if you're really, really excited about what you're about to do. And and for me, I, I would be super, super excited if London became the goal. And I was almost tempted to just be like, hey, Scott, just get me an entry in the championship race and and I'll just not worry about drinks. And but what's the point in working on 
five marginal gains to then, because I can't get into the elite field, lose one of the gains, which is fuel. And that, that is a huge advantage when you're trying to run maybe like 213. or. But I have ran a personal best three years in a row at London. So I would certainly be standing on the start line confident. And look, at the end of the day, I think it's one of the best marathons in the world. It's definitely the best marathon I've done, but I haven't done them all. Any, I haven't done any of the other major marathons. The spectators, the course, how you're treated in the build-up, how you're treated on race day, it's just, I don't think it gets much better than that, really. So, look, let's watch and see where this goes. I think my my agent, Haas, and coach will probably try to talk with the meet, meet director, but it's not, they're not, I'm not being rejected from London. They just don't have space, like, at the end of the day, you guys probably seen the elite fields that were released, and I'm probably faster than 15 people on the start line of the men's elite race, but it doesn't matter if it's full. It's just like an overbooked flight. You know, it, it, it doesn't work. It can't be full. So let's see if that goes anywhere. I, I told you guys I'm, I'm probably going to just stick my head down, get into some tree, and then I'm going to include some marathon stuff in there but also some 10k stuff and look the reason behind my thought process of maybe another marathon people will agree people won't agree I'm not going to say I don't it doesn't really matter if you watch Milrose Games this weekend an athlete that's very close to us in Flagstaff he's been here a few times Kamoy Campbell had a heart issue a couple of laps in pacing the 3k collapsed had to be i think resuscitated had to go into an induced coma life is very very precious and so when i say it doesn't really matter what other people think and it seems it seems like i'm directing those comments towards some of my support network and some of the people that helped fund me who perhaps wouldn't want me to do another marathon because they think it was a safer route not doing another marathon before world champs or things like this but at the same time this life is precious it can be very short it can be very short-lived for whatever reason and and i think all that happening this weekend like things going on around me in in the last week the kind of shit that's happened around me is just like you know there's there's been deaths there's been this incident with kamoi and and other things that I, it's not my business to talk about but it really makes you think like life can be short, life can be precious. And, and so why not just do what you want to do? You know, um, it's your life after all. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. There's there's an 18 month qualifying window for the Olympic Games. What if I have the best 10 weeks of my life over the next 10 weeks and I'm healthy and I'm fresh and I'm fit and and everything just rolls into one, all this strength stuff helps, all this rehab stuff helps, and and then it's April 28th or 29th, you know, the day of the big marathons, and I say to myself, why the fuck am I not doing one of these marathons? Like, maybe by then I'll think I can run 212, you know, and I'll be sitting maybe up in Flagstaff thinking, what if? And and that's not, that's I, I, I emailed Athletics Ireland today, and they had sent over the world championship qualifying documents and and I responded saying you know I was thinking about running another marathon and and like I don't we're in an Olympic qualifying window it's not forever it's 18 months I don't think I should just let 
some of these major marathons pass me by. Why why the fuck would I do that? Why would I just let April pass me by, sitting in Flagstaff, eating Cracker Barrel and drinking Dr. Pepper, while there's other people out there trying to better my time? No fucking way. Um, and excuse my language about that, and it's just something I'm passionate about. I don't I don't live in a world where I play defense. I'm I'm an offensive person and and I just think why why would I settle for two fourteen thirty when maybe I could go and crank out two thirteen thirty or faster, you know, and 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 why not? Like what have I got to lose if if I don't? Who cares? I just ran two fourteen thirty four. If I if I don't have a great build up over the next ten to twelve weeks, well I'm not you're not forced to stand on a start line. If it's not a realistic goal to run a PB, well then of course I'm not gonna race. But I'm I'm looking at I don't see that the next ten to twelve weeks, based on what I've learned, based on the strength stuff, based on my discipline, I don't see that it can't be the best ten to twelve weeks I've had in the last two years. And I don't see that that can't go and lead to a big PB or any PB for that matter. I I would take it. And it's more experience. And given that I just learned about my hamstrings in Houston, given that I learned about my groins at the 10K champs and the European champs, if the worst things, if the worst thing that comes out of doing another marathon is I learn something more about the marathon, my body or about training, is that really a bad thing? Um, so look, that's where we're at. That's quite, I, I promise you, I, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I, I was thinking about Kamoi and I was thinking about everything that went on this weekend. And, and I just thought like, you know, like, what am I doing? Like, don't, you have to take control of your career. You have to do what makes sense for you. You have to do what you want to do. And if you, that's why I've had so much success over the last two years. That's why my progression has probably seemed really impressive and it's because every goal that I've had it's been my own I've picked a target and then I've asked the people around me to support it and that's it that's what it comes down to and unless it's super destructive I don't think the people around me are going to question it too much and then I'm just pretty stubborn anyway so I'll probably just try to talk them around because it it is your life you know and I'm going to repeat that a few times but it really is and we we have no idea what's going to happen I could I could put off a fast marathon to the world champs. I could put off a fast marathon the next January in Houston. I've no idea what's going to happen between now and then. I hope everything goes smooth and I, and I hope by then I'm even fitter, but we don't know, you know, and that's, that's the world we live in. Things happen quickly. Things change quickly. And actually right now to qualify for the Olympics, you need two good marathon results. There's still a point system in place. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to not only have one good result, but two good results. One result to back up my good result. If I could run an even better result, fantastic. If I could hit the two thirteens, incredible. And I believe I can. So let's just see where this goes. I'm gonna talk to Has. Has had a really busy day today. He like just he just always has a lot going on, and so we didn't really get a chance to talk today. And we hung out quite a bit, but we didn't. We just didn't talk about training. And um, but yeah, look. Hopefully before. Hopefully before the end of the week, we have a, the plan I think it'll be is I'll try to get Haas to talk with Spencer Barden, the race director of London Marathon now, and he took over DF Bedford. So hopefully Haas can speak with him and 
if they say to me, at the end of the day, we don't have a plan in place anyway for a race in April. So even if they say to me, we'll do our best, if spots free up, you'll get a spot. Well, that might be what I have to work with. And again, like I said, if we go down a route of trying to run a bit more mileage and, and try to improve the, the build up from Houston, I'll learn from not doing too many hard long runs, etc. So if we go down that route and London Marathon doesn't free up, it's not the end of the world. Hopefully it will still be a good three months tree and then a good three months BS foundation tree and then and it'll it'll help towards something else. So that's that's where I'm at. Things are good. Today's double run was good. Um I still gonna do a session tomorrow. This week isn't gonna be the, the new structure. The new structure, like I told you guys, is gonna be one session and one solid long run. That's probably gonna come into play not this week, but next week. So this week, tomorrow, we're just doing a little bit of tempo. It's going to be three mile, two mile, one mile. I'll do that with the crew that are here, the couple of Japanese guys you've probably seen me train with. And then maybe later in the week, I kind of want to do like probably like a marathon threshold type run. And that's got nothing to do with a potential London, but more to do with one of my favorite lines in athletics and in coaching is don't lose what you've built. And I've just built an amazing block of fitness that was able to run 26 miles at 507 or something per mile. But it's now been almost four weeks already since I've done any anything over two miles, probably at 505. So um, I think it's important to tap into that again. Maybe six miles, maybe eight miles around 515 to 520 at altitude will be a similar benefit. And it'll just prolong everything I've built. It's easier to sustain something than it is to build something. So as long as every every two weeks I'm doing a little bit of marathon type effort, I'll maintain all that fitness that I built. And that's really important. Based on the fact it's already been three or four weeks, I might have already lost some of it. So that's that's how quick it comes and goes. Never assume that if you train all winter for a 10K and at the end of winter you run 31.30 or 35 right? If you go, if you change your training to speed work or interval work or track work, and you don't do your hills anymore, and you don't do your tempo anymore, and you don't do your winter long runs anymore, within three to four weeks, you might find you're already 30 to 45 seconds behind where you were three to four weeks before. And and that's how quickly it happens. If you go another two to three weeks, instead of being a 31-30 guy, you might be a 32-30 guy. And then winter kind of was a waste of time. So you should always be looking to add to what you've built, not change what you've built. So, all right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye, 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 bye.